Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. I'm excited to be back with each and every one of you today and we are going to be discussing God's power today. So it's important whenever we jump into this that we realize that the power of God is in believers only. And when I say believers, I don't mean those who just believe God exists. I mean those who are living a life for God. And the purpose of this podcast is not to say if you have the power or not. I'm not here to tell you if you're saved or unsaved, if you are baptized by the Holy Spirit or not, if you have the power or not. But I want to encourage you to exercise the power. I want to push the church to speak about these things and move in these things that we are going to be discussing today. So if you remember on this podcast, we recently discussed how Jesus said, go, I send you out as sheep among wolves. I am the authority of everything of heaven and earth. So be reminded that Jesus has the authority in heaven and on earth. And when Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, he isn't just writing to motivate the people, but he is there to demonstrate the power of God. You see, the problem today, you know, unlike the apostles, today you can be a teacher without power. So a powerless teacher. And anyone can be a good speaker, right? Just because you're a motivational speaker does not mean that you are a laborer, right? Does not mean you are a servant of God. So anyone can be a good speaker with practice. But can you demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit? So even today in the church, anyone can teach with practice. Pastors can teach with practice, but can you demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you have evidence? See, Paul was demonstrating the power, and he writes of the evidence that took place in the Bible. He had evidence. He was healing the sick. He was rebuking demons, right? Paul writes of this. And recently we spent time in Exodus when the Hebrews were kept in Egypt. So if you have followed along in my podcast, uh, there's a podcast that talks about are you in spiritual Egypt? I really encourage you to listen to them along with all the other podcasts. But we have talked about this before. And to summarize, God told Moses in Exodus to speak to the Pharaoh and tell him to let God's children go. Now God told Moses that he was going to speak and liberate the Hebrews from Egypt. And today there are those who believe, right? There are those who believe in God, but they cannot move out of the limitations in their own life. And Moses is a good example of moving in the power of God. Why is he a good example? Well, Moses, he was not a confident speaker. He had a stutter, right? So when God said, Moses, hey, you're going to speak to the Pharaoh and you're going to free the Hebrews, you're going to liberate them. This was a command, right? And Moses was pretty much like, are you sure? Are you sure? Even Moses was able to move in the power of God to be a confident speaker. So in Exodus chapter 7, verse 3, it says, So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, 
and Aaron your brother shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt so God said hey you're going to do this but also I'm going to make Pharaoh stubborn why why would God want to harden Pharaoh's heart the reason for this is because he wants to multiply the signs and wonders because he will punish Pharaoh more for his stubbornness, right? And continuing in chapter seven, verse four, but Pharaoh will not heed you so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. So as Pharaoh becomes stubborn, the Pharaoh will not listen, God says. The more stubborn, the more judgments will come to him. Why? Because God wants to dismantle Egypt, so he allowed this to happen. God isn't pleased with Egypt, so he's allowing all of these things to happen, right? So he can respond. So he can respond in such a way that is fitting. Amen? Verse 5, And the Egyptians shall know that I am Lord. Right? So God isn't doing this because God wants to be destructive. God is doing this because he wants people to know that he is lord when i stretch out my hand verse 5 says my hand on egypt and bring out the children of israel from among them so egypt will know that god is lord god wanted to open the eyes of the people this is what is motivating god why does god want to open the eyes of the people because only through god will you find eternal salvation in heaven Amen. Only through God can you be saved from this terrible wrath of hell. Verse 6, then Moses and Aaron did so. So Moses and Aaron heard this and they obeyed the Lord. So just as the Lord commanded them, so they did. Verse 7, and Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. Can you believe that? Moses is 80 and Aaron is 83. What does that say about servants today? Right? When I think of maybe 80 and 83 year olds that I know, or even 70s, right? They're relaxing, they're vacationing in, in Florida. They've got their, uh, you know, their winter home. You know, they're, they're saying I'm old, they're frailer, but Moses and Aaron are going, right? At what point does the Lord say, okay, you don't have to serve me? He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. So what does that say about servants today? Continuing in verse eight, then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, when Pharaoh speaks to you saying, show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say, Aaron, take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. So amen. So here is a wonder, right? A work. Here's evidence of the power of God coming up. So pay attention here. So essentially God was saying, hey, you're going to perform a sign. This is going to be an act of faith. Whatever God says will happen. So what I mean by that is Moses and Aaron had to have faith in God to know when they throw this rod, it's going to turn into a serpent, which is something that they likely had not seen before, but through the power of God, they will see it. So they had to have faith that whatever God said would happen, would happen. And it, it doesn't just take a little bit of faith. It takes a lot of faith because I want you to understand the situation here. Moses and Aaron are in front of Pharaoh, all-powerful Pharaoh, right? And when I say all-powerful, this is perception. Um, of course, he's not God, but he was so well-respected. So well-respected. It's like going in front of the president of the United States, right? It's like, whoa, you want me to do what? but there's so many people watching. This is that situation, right? Except they're going to throw a rod 
and it's going to turn into a serpent. So they had to have a lot of faith that this was going to happen. So when we continue, and again, I'm in chapter 7, I'm, I'm in verse 10 now. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, and they did so just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh, and before his servants, it became a serpent. So amen. That rod did become a serpent. Whoa. Could you imagine seeing this in real life? Could you imagine seeing it in real life? The power of God can do that. Now, I want to pause because I'm not telling you to test God. Don't start throwing things and saying, God, make it this, make it that. God responds this way with his almighty power in the most appropriate situations, right? It, he's not, I don't want you to think if you throw your pen or pencil right now, it's going to turn into something. But it's just demonstrating the power of God here. Verse 11, but Pharaoh also called the wise men in the sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments, right? So what we learned here is Pharaoh retaliated. He called sorcerers, right? And we've also talked about sorcery on this podcast. Uh, it's evil. This is from Satan. And what a powerful reminder that Satan can mimic God. That's why it's so important for servants of God to have sharp minds with the wisdom and knowledge of God to be able to discern these things because Satan can mimic God and that's what happened here all of the sorcerers came and they also cast down their rods and it became serpents verse 12 for every man so every man is in the sorcerers every man threw down his rod and they became serpents but Aaron's pay attention here but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods wow Amen. So right here, it's confirmed that there is no power that can stand against the power of God. It doesn't matter if you are a sorcerer, right? And that power comes from Satan because Satan is powerful, but God is most powerful. Absolutely no match against God. Verse 13, and Pharaoh's heart grew hard and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. Amen. So Aaron's rod swallowed up all the other rods. Amen. So Aaron was able to demonstrate the power of God. Aaron and Moses were able to demonstrate the power of God. Amen. What I want you to take away from this is that God's power is existing in this way today. And I think the church needs to focus more on this because the church is dead today. The church is asleep. They're not even discussing the power of God. They're discussing this imaginative God, right? But he's real and his power does exist today. And what we need to remember is that it's greater than any other power. If there's one thing you take away from this, know that magical power is real. It's real. Pharaoh called the sorcerers. There are sorcerers today, and they're even bolder than they were in these days. There's witches that show up to church, and they say, hey, I'm a witch, and I'm against what you do. That happens today. Witchcraft is real. Sorcery is real. We have magicians today. It's not an illusion. Not everything is an illusion. It's It actually is manifesting this evil power and it is real so do not be deceived and today the church wants to believe in god but not witchcraft and i've personally experienced this even mentioning the word demon i've had people tell me hey don't say that because they're going to think they're welcome in my house that's so silly to think that to say demon means that they're welcome right demons are all around us they're in the air they're here whether we welcome them or not amen but it's smart to know your enemy Right, So the church today should believe in God, but you also need to believe in the enemy and what he brings in that deception because how can you overcome it? Demons have the power, right? Demons do have power. They do, but not like God. And what we wrestle against, it's real. It's a real and powerful enemy 
It's real. And we don't just imagine the fight, right? We're actually fighting when you're a laborer, of course, when you're a laborer. So Satan's power, so satanic power, it's real. It's real power. And you should know about it. Today, the church is taught, like I said earlier, this imaginary God, which produces imaginary Christians. It's like virtual reality producing virtual Christians, right? Not real Christians. That's why when somebody says, hey, are you a Christian? The response is, no, I'm a follower of Jesus. Because the world has made Christianity something different, something religious, something that God is not pleased with. God's pleased with those who follow him and labor for his kingdom. Amen. So with satanic power, it comes with great deception. So it's like COVID. COVID created online services, but people need to return now. Amen. But now there's this idea of like, hey, I, I can wake up right at nine, for example, and I can just turn on my TV and get the word of God. And many churches still remain online today, but God is clear. God is clear. Do not forsake the assembly. Right? If you are attending virtual church again and again, this is virtual Christianity, right? It's virtual obedience, it's virtual prosperity, and you're only going to get virtual blessings that aren't real, right? What I'm, what I'm trying to explain here is you need to assemble with the body of Christ. Amen? And today there is manipulative preaching. There's this false hope in the church telling people everything is going to be okay. And if you hear this in your church, beware. Pray to God. Everything is going to be okay is not what the Bible says. That this implies that you're okay just the way you are. We accept all kinds. God is very specific. So beware. This is manipulative preaching. You are being misled and you are being deceived, right? This is a selfish preaching because everybody walks out of that service feeling good about themselves. But remember, the Holy Spirit was sent to convict right, to inspire that change, to uh, uh, inspire the change so that we are more pleasing to God. Amen. But back to the power. Christians must prove their power from God and be confident, just like Moses and Aaron, right? Their action was an example of demonstrating the power of God. They didn't pretend and imagine the power. It was real. And there was evidence in the rod turning into the serpent. There's even evidence in them going before the Pharaoh, right? They had tremendous faith in God because God is a God of integrity and they knew this. Amen. You know, sometimes it's important to speak more of the evidence and less of what you feel. Today, there's lots of opinions. And if it starts off with, I feel like, and I think, right? Enough with that. Talk about what you saw, what you encountered. So for example, if you know that the demons flee from you, then you have the mighty power of God, right? Wouldn't you want to know where you stand? So let me say that again. When I think of the power of God, and that is available to me, and I, I wanna know where I stand with the Lord. Don't you wanna know where you stand with the Lord? If the Lord says that signs shall follow those who believe, you can cast out demons, and if I know that demons are all around me, would you not want to know where you stand? Could you tell that demon to get out in the name of Jesus and will that demon flee from you? Wouldn't you want evidence, right? And there is evidence available. So I want to share this testimony and it is a secondhand testimony from my pastor. And this demonstrates the evidence of God, not 
focusing on what was felt, but what was seen. So my pastor was in a town perhaps 45 minutes away from where we are, and at the end of the sermon, there was an opportunity for prayer. And my pastor was praying over couples and individuals, and at the very end of the line, right, because typically everyone will come up front, and at the end of the line, there was this couple, but they looked different. They were covered in jewels. Uh, they looked very well off, right? And instead of pastor praying for them, they said, hey, we want to give you power. That's what they said. We want to give you power. And immediately, my pastor, knowing that he had the power of God, thought, this is weird. This is strange. What do I do? And sometimes the enemy wants to attack you where you could potentially make a scene and it's going to distract Right, and that's what happened here. He, you know, the enemy waited until the end of the prayer line, right? My pastor had already preached, he's already prayed for so many, so he's tired, right? So here comes these people saying, I want to give you power. What a perfect time to attack. So what my pastor didn't know at that time is that they were sorcerers, right? Again, they looked great. They looked very approachable, covered in jewelry, very fine linens, um, you know, fine clothing and they were praying in tongues right just as followers of jesus pray in tongues they were also praying in tongues but the discernment was that they were different tongues so my pastor said lord what do i do this seems wrong it feels wrong i'm discerning this the lord said you pray in tongues right so my pastor started praying in tongues so he did and as the couple got louder praying in their tongues my pastor got louder Right? It was like a war. Like, okay, if you're going to raise up a level, I'm going to raise up a level. Praying in tongues. And then suddenly, what my pastor experienced was like almost like a gust of wind. He saw them. like they, It was like a force pushed them off of him. Pushed him. Could you imagine? Like, whoa. All of a sudden, praying in tongues and being pushed off. Right? Synchronized. Like, both of them pushed away. And they walked away. They put their head down. They couldn't look at him. They couldn't look up. And they walked out of the place. So it was almost like they were shocked. That's what my pastor had seen, not what he felt. That's what he saw. So later he met with the leader of the church and he was like, hey, who is this couple? And he explained them and like they're a very distinctive couple. And the pastor said, I don't, I didn't see them there. I, I didn't see anybody there that looked like that. I don't know who you're talking about. So even the demons can come into church. And in this case, they walked away like losers. Amen. Amen. Because there is no power greater than the power of God. But what I want to tell you is, this is confirmation that one, the power of God will show up. He's there with us, right? And he was there protecting my pastor who was praying and discerning, right? But also there is a satanic power that this couple wanted to give my pastor, right? And that power, essentially, and I'm telling you, like, that is a power, but it also defiles you and your soul. It defiles you. It's a terrible power. You don't want it because it leads you to hell it leads you to hell but today what evidence this testimony is in both powers amen and just like aaron and moses their rod ate up all the other or their serpent i should say ate up all the other serpents likewise when when my pastor was in this prayer war right he won he won amen and many people would hear that and say whoa whoa, like that's so scary, that's freaky, that's creepy. But to me, it's so encouraging. It's so 
encouraging because had my pastor fallen short, he would have known like, okay, something's not right in me, right? But he knew that the power of God is with him and in him, right? He has the power of God. Why? Because he believes in God and his life is evidence of that belief. He has a lot of faith. Amen? So I want you to take this and I want you to remember that there are many people suffering today. They're sick and they're depressed, right? No medicine can help them. And the power of God is available. It's available and the power of God needs to come upon them. I want you to be humble. And, and again, I say this in a mirror, be humble because they need our prayers. We can't force anybody, right? We can't force anyone to have faith that they're going to be healed or that God's power can help them. But we must humble ourselves. And it's okay if they say, no, I don't want your prayer. Okay, have a good day. Keep it moving. The power of God will show up. The power of God will be evidence, right? Because it's not you and me that's going to lead a person, right? We can't change a person to follow God, but the Holy Spirit can change a person, right? And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he can use us like an instrument, amen? But we must be willing. So I want to encourage you to be willing because there is great opportunity today. Do not just feel the power of God. Show the evidence. Demonstrate it. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.